You're listening to a message from Grace Church of North Brunswick, where people are empowered, impacted, and enriched through the good news of the gospel. To learn more about Grace Church, visit our website at gracechurchnv.com. And now we hope that you enjoy this message. It's 50, it's 50 days after first fruits, which is the day Jesus rose from the dead, and first fruits was two days after the Passover, which the Passover was on April 21st. So in March, we were celebrating Easter, but the real date was in April. It happens every couple of years. I believe it's every, I don't know, eight or 16 years that that happens. But it's okay because it's not about the day or the time that's so special. But it just, the Lord said to me, well, then talk about the Holy Spirit for four weeks. Because the Lord said to me, and I was, and it was like, it seems like the Holy Spirit gets a raw deal. Think about it. He's equal. The Holy Spirit is God. Remember with Ananias and Sapphira, and Peter said, you lied to God when you lied to the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit holiday is almost forgotten. Yet, we are in the dispensation of time where it is the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. On Pentecost, the church was born when the Holy Spirit was poured out. There should be Holy Spirit Day. Amen? I mean, who did Jesus said he was sending to us to lead us and guide us and to comfort us? The Holy Spirit. He said, I'm leaving, but I'm sending you another form of the Godhead to come live with you. So when Pentecost Sunday really comes, we're going to celebrate the Holy Spirit. And we need to be aware of the fact that the Holy Spirit of God lives inside of us. Wow. Let's pray right now. Because you know what? When we pray together, in Acts 4, when they prayed together, it says they were filled again with the Holy Spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for indwelling in us. We thank you for choosing us worthy to live inside of us. And if there's anyone here today that doesn't know Jesus, Holy Spirit, we ask you to pierce their heart today and bring them from death to life, bring them to a place of eternal life. And Holy Spirit, if anyone here today is sick, we ask you to heal them, Holy Spirit. If anyone here is in lack, Holy Spirit, we ask you to move up and bring the, the provision that they need. Holy Spirit, if anybody here today is, is depressed or oppressed, or empty, or lonely, or suicidal. Holy Spirit, we ask you right now to fill their heart, to pour out in their heart love and peace and joy. Holy Spirit, speak to your people. Anoint the word, and it reaches the people you want it to reach today. Moving up and down every aisle here, Holy Spirit, pierce hearts. We pray. Holy Spirit, help me to move my opinions and my flesh out of the way so you can meet your people. As our worship team sang today, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our help, the Holy Spirit, is here. He's inside of us. Every one of us that has put our faith and trust in Jesus Every one of us <laughs> that has put our faith and trust in Jesus 
is worthy to be indwelled by God in the form of the Holy Spirit. How many of you here right now are worthy to be indwelled by God himself in the form of the Holy Spirit? Wow! Okay. Altar call, let's go home. I'm going to share real quick a few scriptures with you, then I'm going to have our Emerge team. I love that name, Emerge. It's like, I'm coming out. Like, I'm emerging. Like, like and you know, it's, it's really true because, like, when a, a teen moves on from youth group, it's like, a lot of times in churches, they get lost. And that's the generation we lose. We're not losing it here. Amen? Because then you're just going to be stuck with B someday. With a cane, like, hallelujah. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with being old. And all of you that are older than me that are old, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But um, the truth is, you know, when you have a, a young people that are on fire for God, you have a healthy church. Amen? Amen. And we want to keep that. Amen. And listen, when you need wisdom, just come to us. We'll give it to you, young people, freely and liberally, because we are filled with the Holy Spirit. But in John chapter 16, Jesus, he said, you know what? I'm going to send you a helper. And he said, I need to go so he can come. And in verse 8, he said this. This is why I'm sending him. John 16, verse 8. He will come and he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So Jesus says, I'm sending this Holy Spirit, and this is what he's going to do. First and foremost, he's going to convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And you can look at that scripture and say, well, what does that mean? You know, and a lot of times we have to go into commentaries or check the context of what Jesus was talking about. Here we have Jesus doing a commentary. Here it is. Verse 9. What does that mean, Jesus? Of sin because they don't believe in me. What is the worst sin on the face of the earth? Not believing in Jesus. It's worse than adultery. It's worse than fornication. It's worse than anger. It's worse than murder. It's worse than not listening to your parents. It's worse. <laughs> There's no other sin as powerful as unbelief in Jesus Christ. How many of you know that if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, even if it's your last day on death row, that you will be saved and you will live in glory forever. They say that Ted Bundy, in the last hour of his life, gave his heart to the Lord. There you go. There's some other names. Amen? How about me? <laughs> I'm still alive. But how about you? You never deserved it, did you? Put your faith and trust in Jesus. How about the Apostle Paul? Murderer. Not only was he a murderer, but he, he had a specific type of person that he liked to kill. Christians! But he wrote most of the New Testament. He will convict the world of sin. I love that because that takes the burden away from me. Because so many of us think that we got to point everybody's sin out. Wait, let me say that again. So many of us think that we got to point everybody's sin out. You know, somebody comes and they, and they need help, they need God, and we get out the microscope. Let me see what's wrong with you. Get the mirror out first. 
when people come into the church, when people come into your presence, if you would just walk in the Spirit, the Spirit will take care of the conviction. If you're walking in peace and joy, people would be like, why are they so dang happy? I came to Jesus because my brother was happy, full of the Holy Spirit. And I was like, what the heck? But when I was at the lowest point of my life, I picked up the Bible he gave me. Amen. He, was never, he never pointed a finger at me and said, you need to stop taking drugs, you need to stop robbing, you need to stop this and all that. He just said, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. There is an answer to your pain, little brother. And finally, the Holy Spirit convicted my heart. How many of you did the Holy Spirit convict your heart? Jesus said that salvation is like a spirit that comes. It's like the wind. You know, every week we have an altar call here, and I, I, I envision the Holy Spirit like a wind blowing up and down every aisle here and up and down every seat. And when there's a heart that's open to him, he goes right in, and they cross over from death to life. It brings me such joy. It's nothing I do. It's nothing we do. It's something he does. He's a person. Amen. He, listen, when the Holy Spirit first came, Peter gave a message, and it wasn't about all their sin. It was the message of the gospel. And it says in Acts 2 that the message cut their heart. It cut their heart. And 3,000 people were saved. And Peter knew it well. You know why? See, Romans 2.4 says it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. You want to preach, you want to see people get saved, tell them how good God is. That's how it works. When Peter met Jesus and they hadn't caught any fish all night, Jesus told Peter, get in the boat. Peter goes out. He says, put down the nets. Peter's like, all right, whatever. Puts down the nets and has a huge catch of fish. And what does Peter do? He comes under conviction. He gets on his knees and says, I'm a sinful man. Depart from me. God's goodness led him to be convicted of his sin. You see that? It's God's goodness. People don't need you to tell them what's wrong with them. They already know. They need to know there's an answer. And if you are walking in the power and love of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will take care of the rest. We got to do something. We got to save everybody. We got to go out in the streets. We got to give them a track. No, you don't. You have to live and be led by the Holy Spirit of God. Most of the people that you lead to Jesus are you're walking along, you're worshiping, or you got a word in your heart, you're, you're feeling good about your relationship with the Lord, you're talking to him, and God says, go talk to that person. And then you do it. And before you know it, you're saying a prayer and they're being saved. Amen? That's how we're going to do it, walking under the power of the Holy Spirit. So the second thing he says is, I will convict the world, I will convict us of our righteousness. Let's put the next scripture up. Okay, back to 16.8. 
He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness. The word convict means convince. Okay? And here's Jesus' interpretation. Verse 11. Or 10, thank you. Righteousness is available because I go to the Father. Righteousness is available to who? To us. Jesus doesn't need the righteousness. <laughs> we need the righteousness. He who knew no sin, Jesus, became sin that we could become the righteousness of God. He said, I got to go. You're not going to see me anymore. And then you'll be able, available to you will be righteousness when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and he will be there to remind you what? Remind you that you're righteous. How many of you need a reminder that you're righteous? How many of you need a reminder that you're not righteous in your flesh? I don't need anybody to tell me that. The Holy Spirit is one that comes alongside of you. Not to nag at you, not to convict you, not to tell you what you're doing wrong, to remind you, hey, I live inside of you. I've decided you're okay. I keep thinking about this. You mean the Holy Spirit decided that me, he's, me with my, you know, with my anger or whatever? And he said, yeah, listen, just let the anger out. Okay, now let me fill you. Let me be what controls you. Let me be who I am through you. And finally it says, end of judgment. End of judgment. Judgment on who? Not us. Not us. Because of Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, we put our faith in him. The judgment's already been made. We're righteous. Look at somebody next to you and say, I'm righteous. I'm righteous. The Holy Spirit decided. The Holy Spirit decided. That I'm righteous. That I'm righteous. And that he would dwell in me. That he would dwell in me. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Dang. I'm like, wow. I'm looking at my wife and thinking, man. Because sometimes I feel like she's better than me. But she's not. Because the Holy Spirit loves me just as much as he loves her. She may be a little bit, a little better looking, a little nicer, a little kinder and everything. But hey, hey. <laughs> Holy Spirit doesn't discriminate. Hey. hey. <laughs> but not of judgment of us. Jesus, tell us who's getting judged. Jesus, could you just tell us, Jesus, just fill us in. Eric, you're Jesus right now. Put on the next slide. There you go. About judgment. <laughs> and I love it. This is the Amplify version. This is the chick version, I call it, because you use 42 words to describe one thing. Ladies, don't get mad at me. I'm not scared of you. I got a wife and four daughters. I had another daughter, my little dog, went to be with Jesus I'm sorry to all you people I made fun of you about your animal loving. I cried like a baby. It's my little girl. My little fat, touchy little baby girl. She went to be with the Lord. I'm over it. 
It was hard. It was harder than I thought. Because life is so precious no matter what. Amen? I'm sorry. All right? I'm sorry that I think cats are from the devil. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry that I had no sympathy for you and your cat. I'm sorry. And for your little rat that died, I was wrong. For any little critter that died, I feel really bad. I don't like critters. Anyway, it's the amplified version about judgment because the ruler, the evil genius, <laughs> prince of this world, Satan, is judged and condemned. Who's judged and condemned? I said, who's judged and condemned? Not you? Oh, really? So stop thinking that everything, oh, look what happened to me. God man at me. No. He's judged him. Won't you have the right judgment that he has? He is judged, he's condemned, and sentence is already passed upon him. Come on. Romans 16, 20 says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. So stamp him out now. Sentence is already passed. Only at Grace Church. <laughs> so, so here we are. This Holy Spirit's been sent. This is what he's been sent to do through us. So what do we do? It says in Ephesians 5, verse 18. It says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. But this word, to be filled, is more of a continuous filling. It's like, it, sh it should say, here, here's what it really, really says here. Now, before this, it says, do not be drunk on wine. How many of you have ever been intoxicated on wine or strong drink? All right, how many of you have been but didn't raise your hand because you're in church and you didn't want anybody to know? I mean, you got these lids going, yeah, way back when, 47,000 years ago, before creation. No. Nah. And do you know that when you were intoxicated, were you in control? When you walked out of the house naked and walked up and down the street or whatever you did, somebody's laughing really loud because they did that. No, people will do some crazy stuff. My problem was with drugs. I did some weird stuff, and I'm not telling you about it today. <laughs> but when you are intoxicated or under control of another substance, Paul said it's dissipation. In other words, it's a waste. You know, like, you, you see people, yeah, I had a great time last night. I got whacked, you know, and what happened? I don't know. I woke up. By the black eye, I don't know. I woke up, I needed to take an Uber home. Uh, I don't know where I was. Great! <laughs> Wonderful! That'll get you somewhere. <laughs> and I'm not judging right now. I'm saying that's what it says in the word. Amen? Why are you laughing so hard? <laughs> it says, but instead of that, be intoxicated with the Holy Spirit. How many of you have ever been drunk in the Spirit? 
Yeah? Everybody's like, woo, 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 me, woo. <laughs> and what will people say about some people that are drunk in the spirit? They're weird. But you know what? Be filled, be intoxicated with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Now, that is a result of being filled with the Spirit. And it's also, oh, they got the cue. That's a result of being filled with the Spirit. And it's also how you are filled with the Spirit. God is great. In that, whatever we do, stop looking at all of them. God, oh, my Fitbit just hit 10,000. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I am so fit with the bit. And you know what? It's good that happened because that's part of this message. Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in Psalms. You know, that doesn't necessarily mean, hey, Phil, how you doing? Psalm 68 says. The word Psalms really means stringed instrument or song. That's why we love to hear music, don't we? Like in the guitar, the keys. and we're... There's something special about it. First of all, when we're filled with the Spirit, and when they're filled with the Spirit, and they're playing... It becomes more. It, see, when we do stuff for God, it brings us more. It's like when we speak the word, we hear it too. Amen? So psalms and hymns, hymns is like we're singing together. Do you know how powerful it is when we sing together? You know, if, if the song that's playing, you don't love it, just sing it anyway. Sing it anyway. Because there's power in it. In Acts, the Holy Spirit came upon all of them, right? In, in the first couple chapters, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And then in Acts 4, these same people are in church. And they pray and sing together. And it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, I thought they were already filled with the Holy Spirit. No, because you get a be being filled. Be being filled. That's why it's so important to be in church, so important to be in a home group, so important to worship, so important to do all these things, because it has to be a continual thing. Be being filled. The actual translation of that is allow yourself to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Allow yourself. Remember, it's to be filled doesn't mean that you're necessarily drinking the Holy Spirit. It means you're allowing yourself. You know, when you were out and, and you had a glass of wine, everything's fine, and somebody said, let's do shots. <laughs> a little too much giggling coming from this area over here. <laughs> let's do shots of kamikazes. I don't know. Remember that? Yeah, let's do shots of something called a kamikaze. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Or there were things called red devils when I was growing up. Oh, yeah. Great idea, Pastor Joe. I wasn't a pastor then. Point being, you can allow yourself to do it or not. You can allow yourself to be filled with the Holy Spirit and then making melody in your heart. Making melody. In other words, listen, when I see people come up here to worship, man, they just want to make melody in their heart. 
I mean, don't listen too close to this singing. Let them do the singing, okay? But they hear me singing because I sing really loud, so they're like, ah, that's Pastor Joe. Okay, just drown that out. But, but no, it's a melody in your own heart to your own Father. And as you do that, you're being filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I was talking to my wife about this, and this is really, there's that song by Francis, I forget her last name, but it's about being aware of the Holy Spirit. I got this Fitbit. It's just, I got to preach every day. I hit 10,000. It's not even 12. It's like, this is great. I wanted to see how many steps preaching is. It's like 6,000. We're doing four services starting next week. It's huge, man. It's like, wow. I burnt like 2,000 calories already. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. But I started thinking about the Fitbit, why I like it so much. I like it first and foremost because I love numbers. Second, it, it, it just reminds me. It, you know what it does every once in a while? It buzzes you and says, get moving. The other day I was eating chips, watching the NBA like thing, and it was like, get moving. So I started walking back and forth to get more chips. Just get chips, come back. But it, it tells you to get moving, right? Hey, if you put the chips far away and say, I'm going to have three or four at a time, you will lose weight because you'll keep going back for the chips. And it's more steps. Chips, more steps. Come back for the chips. Put the cheese doodles in the attic. You just walk up the stairs. But here's the point about this Fitbit thing. You know what it does? It makes you aware of what you're doing. It makes you aware. And here's the issue with the Holy Spirit. We need to be more aware that this Spirit literally lives inside of us. I, can I just blow your mind again? The Holy Spirit of God has decided to live in you. The Holy Spirit of God has chosen to live in you. And when you walk in the Spirit and sing in the Spirit and pray in the Spirit and are led by the Spirit, people will be saved. There'll be healings. There'll be deliverance. People will get set free. All kinds of stuff that you don't do will get done. See, when you allow yourself to be under its control, then it, the Holy Spirit, he, she, she, can do what she wants. Because I heard somebody say once a long time ago, my wife's voice, the Holy Spirit, sound a lot alike. So when I'm off, doing what I shouldn't be doing. I hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. I'm like, honey, is that you? No, Holy Spirit. <laughs> be being under the control. Be being filled. The Holy Spirit. People will get saved without you saying a word. You'll understand who you are in Christ in a much more powerful way that you're righteous in God's sight. 
And finally, look what happened to Ananias and Sapphira. Peter said, why have you allowed Satan to fill your heart? We're all filled with the Holy Spirit here. But you've allowed yourself to be filled with Satan. And what happened? Out dead. God is saying, listen, I'm not into killing people. (laughs) But that's how important it is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you're filled with something else. And God forbid what that might be and where it might lead you and what it might do to you. Do not quench. Do not grieve God's Holy Spirit. He is inside of you. He is seeking to overwhelm you. To be righteous, to to be continuously filled with the Spirit of God, you must be saved, though. So let's bow our heads. I want to make sure everybody here is saved. To be saved means that if you die tonight, that you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to spend eternity in heaven. And immediately when you put your faith in Jesus, it says the Holy Spirit comes to abide in you. And from that point on, you could be filled from now to eternity without measure. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We've all made mistakes. None of us are righteous on our own. But he, Jesus, who never sinned, he died on the cross, shed his blood, so those of us that have sinned could be called righteous. And that the Holy Spirit could come and dwell in us. And have you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior by prayer? It's a spiritual action that gives you a spiritual result. So please say this prayer with me today. According to Romans 10. Say, Father, I know that Jesus is your son. I know he died on the cross for my sin. His blood was shed for me. Three days later, you raised him from the dead. Father, I've messed up. But I have faith in your son, Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Holy Spirit, come into my heart. Make me brand new today. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody's eyes closed, head bowed for a second. If you said prayer... You want to make sure you're going to spend eternity in heaven. Said that prayer for the first time. Want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Every eye is closed, head is bowed. Right now, raise your hand. And if you said that prayer, you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Is there anyone here? Amen. I pray that means that everybody here. Oh, I see. Okay. If you raise your hand, if you could stand up. Stand up where you are. If you raise your hand, stand up. Go ahead. Stand up. All right, come up. Come on up here. 